Good morning. Welcome to Hope. I'm Ben, one of the pastors here. So good to be together. Here we are. We're in the days following Easter, reflecting on the risen God. We're reflecting on Jesus alive in this world and what that means for you and for me, what it means for our lives and how it gives us purpose, hope, and meaning in this world, how the resurrection of Jesus binds us to the eternal life of God. And so as we do that, we're beginning today a new sermon series, and we're studying the book of Philippians and the important messages for our lives that are contained there, written by the Apostle Paul. Amazing to me how these words from thousands of years ago can guide us in the midst of the lives that you and I are leading today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, your word is a lamp to our feet, and it's a light to our path. Lord, today may your word light the way in this world that gets so dark. In Jesus' name, amen. A little sliver, a little slice. A moment from my life a few days ago was my son's second birthday, and we might have spoiled him a little bit. We couldn't help it. He woke up, and and we got him out of his crib just like every other morning and set him on the ground, and, and he started to walk or run over to the foot of the stairs to look around at what was going on and to take on the day in the world. And that morning, he stopped as he got to the top of the stairs because we had done something after he had gone to sleep. We put up all sorts of decorations, streamers, banners, and one of the things we got was this gigantic Mickey Mouse balloon. Mickey Mouse is big for him right now, and so there it was. It was one of the first things that was visible as you came to the top of the stairs, as you rounded the corner. There was Mickey, and as he did, Finn, he stopped right in his tracks, and he looked down and he yelled, it's Mickey! And I gotta tell you, I have to tell you, seeing that little boy and how much he's grown and changed and learned, all sorts of emotions welled up in me, joy and excitement and pride. And I think one of the, the, more than anything else that morning, the emotion that came was gratitude. Gratitude. I was thankful for family, for the gift of life, for that little one. Gratitude just welled up in me. I couldn't stop it. You have those moments in your life too. These gratitude moments where you can't help but be grateful to to say out loud or under your breath or with your eyes fixed up towards heaven, thank you, God. It's moments like a retirement party where you look back on your years of vocation and your work and, and the ways that it provided for you and for your family, being surrounded by people you love to congratulate you, to say, job well done. It's moments like seeing your child succeed, winning the race or, or getting into that school or doing the right thing even when it's hard to do. Gratitude moments like looking in the face of a new grandchild holding him or her for the first time, or saving up, 
saving up and buying a car, the, the hard work that went into it. It's moments like that where, where you can't help but give thanks. Moments like seeing a friend that you haven't seen for years and you sit down for coffee. You've had these moments and, and it seems like hours could go by and you wouldn't even notice. You have those moments when it's easy, when it's easy to give thanks because you can't help it. There's no other response. And those kinds of moments, they're wonderful moments. They really are. But as wonderful as those moments are and as important as those moments are, they don't give us the full picture. They don't give us the full picture of what it means to be thankful, what it means to be people of gratitude, because it's easy to be grateful at those times. It it comes naturally. It's a feeling that rises to the surface, but they aren't the full picture of a life of gratitude because those feelings, uh, uh, they don't give us everything because being thankful isn't a feeling. It's so much deeper than that. So we're beginning this dive into God's word through the book of Philippians. It's this short little book in the New Testament. In my Bible, it's about four pages. It takes about 20 minutes to read it, and I would encourage you to read it because those few pages, they're filled with with wisdom, with inspiration about how to live as people of faith in a broken world, how to fix our eyes and our spirits and our lives on what truly matters, the word of God and the life that we find only in our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, he wrote that letter in about 62 AD, and it was written with this sense of joy to express gratitude to the church in Philippi, a church that he had planted years before with the help of some of his friends, Timothy and Silas and some other people. And Paul loved that church. Paul loved that church because uh, they had supported him, they had encouraged him, they had been with him and as he went about his work planting churches, and it was hard work. And he was encouraged by the church in Philippi. And so he writes this letter, this little letter to give thanks for them, and it's a letter that's filled with joy, and it's filled with gratitude and hope and peace. And he begins with these words of of joy that are in our reading today. He writes, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day Until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It's these words of of thanksgiving, these words of happiness and joy, these words that point to the God that that finishes what he starts. They, They point to a God that works in us and through us despite our faults and failures, despite the sinfulness that we carry in us. Paul's prayers are joyful and they're confident and they're gracious and you get this sense almost that he's having one of these moments like I had at the top of the stairs looking at my son or, or like you had when you got your first car, when you retired from a long career, or when you saw a friend uh, that you hadn't seen in a long time. You get a sense that Paul's got that feeling in him, but it's not that way. Paul isn't writing this letter from the comfort of home. He's not sitting in his favorite chair watching the rain pitter-patter. 
He isn't looking out the window at the robin sitting on the feeder. He's not thinking about the nice dinner he's going to have at the end of the day. Paul is in prison. He's in chains. He's locked up in Rome. And his future is, is uncertain, at least in, in a worldly way. And so my question when I read that is this. How on earth can those words, I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. How can those words be the words that come to his mind? How on earth can he be joyful? How on earth can he be thankful? Because I don't think that I could be, and I doubt that I would be. Like most of the answers that we find in scripture, it's simple. Terribly hard, but very simple. Paul has discovered something about joy and about gratitude. Something that you and I would be wise to discover and learn as well. And it's this, very simple. Gratitude isn't something that we feel, it's something that we do. If Paul had based it all on a feeling, he would have been overcome with worry and anxiety and fear and hate and jealousy and anger and grief and sadness. But he finds something deeper to hold on to, to gratitude. And he's able to be grateful because he realizes that gratitude doesn't come from our circumstances that there's a deeper source to draw from. There's a well that's way, way below the surface of what we see and what we feel in this world. That well is the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God in Jesus Christ. Paul knew the story well. He'd met Jesus on the road years before. He knew that the grace of God could change even the most sin-filled hearts because the grace of God had changed his. He knew that Jesus had died and risen again so that sin and death would be conquered, so that there would be hope and life for all who believed in him. Paul knew these things, and Paul gives thanks for that truth, a truth that is always true, no matter what's happening, even when everything else in this world seems to fall apart. That truth is always true, and because of that, being thankful doesn't have to be a feeling that comes and goes. It can be something that we choose to do because of what God has done. It's sort of like exercise. If we just did it when we felt like it, we wouldn't reap a whole lot of fruit. But when we choose it over and over and over again, it changes our mood and our outlook and it changes our lives. Paul can sit in a prison cell and say, I'm thankful for you to the church in Philippi, not because he feels good, but because he knows he has life in Jesus Christ. And you and I can be like that too. We can choose, we can practice gratitude just like Paul did. Because last week, Jesus walked the road to the cross. 
Because last week he was beaten and spit on, he was mocked and nailed to a cross, and after a few days of laying dead in the tomb, he was raised again to new life. It's not a story, it's an event. There were people there, they saw it happen, and they went out and they told the world, and because of their witness, you and I can know that it's true that Jesus died and rose for you to forgive you of your sin, to change your life, to give you a future, to give you a purpose, to give you meaning and hope in a world that slides deeper and deeper and deeper every day into hopelessness and darkness. He's a light for us there. He cares about you and your life and what you're facing and what you're struggling with, and he wants to walk with you through all of that. You and I can always give thanks for that because of Jesus, because of what he's done for you and me. You can always give thanks for that. And so can I. We just have to practice it on our good days, but also on our worst days. Because when we do it, it changes our lives. This is what happened to a woman named Roberta. Later in her life, Roberta started experiencing sciatica, this nerve pain that would radiate down her back and her leg and her hips. It was this excruciating, horrible pain she, she described it this way. She said, it was a prison. She would be a prisoner in her chair or in her bed for days, lonely and depressed. These were the worst days of her life. And she prayed in those days. She prayed for a divine healing. And she got it. Just not the way that she thought. Roberta was laying one day and she was praying and she was listening to God and I believe that God spoke to her. He didn't rush into the room and start speaking, but her mind got filled up with his words. She started to think about all of the people. She started to think about all of the people who had helped her along the way in life. In these past years as she'd experienced this pain in the ways that those people had helped to reshape her life, and she got an idea. And the idea was this. She was going to write to those people, thank them for helping her, for guiding her, for being with her, as she did. She wrote to them every single day. She wrote to someone, one person, someone who had showed up, who had been there for her, someone who had who had got her through this tough time in her life. And when she got to the point where she had written to everybody she could think of, she started over. And she wrote to them again, a second letter and a third. And there, in the midst of her pain, Roberta says that the practice of gratitude was the most profoundly life-giving thing that she had ever experienced. And it taught her something. It taught her to trust in God no matter what. That no matter what she was experiencing, she could trust God, she could trust his goodness, she could trust his provision, his grace, and his love for her. She kind of reminds me of Paul, the apostle, and his words. I thank my God Every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
That's what we're called to do. We're called to be people who can stay on the sunny days and in the April snow, rain, sun days. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for who you are and for your great love for us. You know, they say that practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Choosing gratitude, it cements in us a spirit of thankfulness and it teaches us to see the world through the eyes of Jesus. We just have to do it. The other day I was, I was in that one room in the basement. You have this room or this closet where you keep all the stuff you should get rid of or the stuff that you mean to sort through. I was in that room and I found this jar and the jar was filled with little scraps of paper. For a few months in our life, my wife and I, we had done this practice of writing down something that we were thankful for every single day. And it was such a good thing to do. At the end of the day, we would always sit down and do this as, as a reminder of God's blessing in our lives, as a reminder of God's promises for us in the good and in the bad. And it was such an important thing for us for those months that we did it. But then guess what? We quit doing it. I don't even know why. We stopped. I saw that jar and I thought, maybe it's time to start again. And maybe it's time for you to start a new gratitude practice too. You know, I don't know what your prison is. I don't know what's boxing you in. I, I don't know what's tamping you down. I don't know if it's chronic pain or if it's addiction or if it's pride. I don't know if it's a work environment that you don't want to be a part of any longer. I don't know if it's a family relationship that needs some healing and hope. I don't know what kind of prison walls are being built around you, but I know the ones around me, and I hear Paul's words about giving thanks always, no matter what, and I think maybe it's time to start again. Maybe it's time to do gratitude instead of waiting to feel it. It's time to reach out and to grab onto something that we can always be thankful for, a cross and an empty tomb and a savior and a new life. Maybe it's time for you to pull out that jar. Maybe it's time for me to pull out that jar and give thanks to God, to choose to do it. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, for the new life that you give to us. God, help us to be people not who feel gratitude, but people who choose it over and over again each day, giving thanks to you for the life that you offer us. In Jesus' name, amen.